franchising is the most misunderstood and most overlooked form of entrepreneurship. We're here to educate you and help you find the entrepreneur within. Franchising is not all about the French fries. We find that individuals who are exploring business ownership tend to have a lot of misperceptions and misunderstandings about the franchise industry. So what we want to do is help prospective business owners make confident and educated decisions before moving forward or not moving forward with the business. Welcome to Unpredicted Entrepreneur. Hello and welcome to episode 20 of Unpredicted Entrepreneur. My name is Sarah Wasco and this is my colleague Roxanne Rapsky. We are with FranNet of Dallas-Fort Worth in Oklahoma and our goal for this podcast is to be an educational resource for anyone either in business or considering going into business. And today I want to welcome our guest Dave Sperry. Dave is the chapter chair of SCORE in Fort Worth. And if you're not familiar with SCORE mentors, you need to be. They are a very valuable resource and a free resource. The mentors actually volunteer their time to help um, individuals with any challenges that they might have regarding starting a business or when they're in business. So Dave, thank you so much for joining us today. Please introduce yourself to us and tell us a little bit about your life prior to joining SCORE and becoming a mentor. Well, great. Sarah, first of all, thanks for the opportunity to come and share and talk about SCORE because, you know, we are really trying to work hard to get the word out because it is amazing how many people have never heard of us and don't realize that this resource is available to them. But, you know, prior to my uh, life at SCORE, which is I've only been involved with SCORE for a little over two years, um, I kind of, you know, the list of what I didn't do is maybe shorter than what I did do. But <laughs> uh, to put it shortly, um, I spent about 30 years in the consumer packaged good industry. I spent about 22 years with the Campbell Soup Company moving all over the country, including two years living in Plano, Texas, back in the early 80s. Um, and then when 22 years of that, I moved on and I ran a company that was owned by Chiquita Brands in Southern California called Naked Juice. And people will go, gee, I see that now. Well, it's now owned by Pepsi. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> and, and got it sold out from under me. And then uh, Chiquita called and I went back and relocated to Cincinnati, where, believe it or not, Chiquita used to be uh, located, and I started up a new business for them around fresh cut fruit and vegetable processing. And then like many of your clients, three CEOs later, uh, I moved on and always wanted to own my own business, but I just wasn't a good enough salesman to convince my wife that that was a good idea until finally I got her in front of a franchise broker. And the franchise broker explained the process and explained being a regional developer along with being a uh, independent unit operator and a very, the franchise I got involved with er, early on was Speed Pro Imaging and when it was just getting started. So um, I had the opportunity to kind of define my own territory, which is Ohio, Indiana, and Kentucky, and opened up a unit for them in Cincinnati. And when she heard about you know, because just like your clients, they don't realize how many franchises are out there oh, and yeah. who is a franchise, including yeah. the Dallas Cowboys, you know, and the Texas Rangers, you know, and what different types 
uh, of involvement people can have with the mm -hmm. franchise. And she says, okay, I think it's time for you to do this. And that's what we did. And I own and operate the studio. And what they do is wide format graphics. So yeah. things like, uh, I, I used to tell people we didn't know everything we do because somebody hadn't asked for it. And uh, we wrapped cars and we did fleet graphics and posters and banners and trade show printing. But my most unique call was when I got called down to the uh, aquarium in Cincinnati because they wanted to come up with a solution that the diver could hold up a sign underwater and say, will you marry me? <laughs> and it had to be it had to be legible from the front. But in that, so it needed to be white on the front with the printing. But the sharks in the tanks and I you looked at the the, lady, the head diver was a lady and I go, you get in the tank with these sharks. But anyway, you know, <laughs> and so what we did was he printed a banner that was white on the front and black on the back so it could be unrolled and the sharks wouldn't see it from the back. Oh, interesting. You know, so they would go after it if they, they could? anything white. And she had a she had a, a, an old one that what? had this beautifully. I mean, just. Perfect uh, bite taken perfect out of bite it. Perfect bite taken out of it that you look like it was done oh with a goodness. router, but it was done by a shark. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I did that for 10 years and then sold the unit and stayed on for another three years as a regional developer, selling more units and helping other uh, folks get started. And then ended up relocating down here when our first grandchild mm. arrived. And my wife said, we're heading back to Texas. So <laughs> I was along for the ride at that point. So, yes, honey. Right. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I, something that I really picked up on, I'm sure others, you know, caught too. consumer packaged goods, Chiquita. So all food related corporate America. And then you went into an imaging business and made shot shot signs for underwater. With, well, we're, we're that was just one, but yeah, I, 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 like I said, we, <laughs> we did a lot of crazy things because, you know, people would call us and say, is there a way to do this? So okay. what prompted you, know, you to completely, I know you mentioned kind of going through the due yeah. diligence process and finding your franchise. How did you get into this industry? What was it that was appealing to you versus the experience that you had for 30 years in consumer packaged goods. Well, I, I, I followed a plan that I actually, a lot of my, the, the mentors that I currently have um, are people looking at franchises. And I always tell them, I said, if you really do it the right way, you would do it. And I didn't know it was the right way. And I was stumbling around the dark, but I, I had, all my list of requirements. Mm -hmm. More importantly, I had my list of what I didn't want to do, which I always tell people maybe is more important than what you want to do. So what did you not want to do? I'm curious. I didn't want to do, uh, I wanted to try to be B2B because the hours were better. So I didn't want to be in the restaurant business. You know, I didn't want to be in a business that had tons of employees because it was just, you know, like herding cats, you know. And I wanted, I was looking for something that, Frankly, what really finally sold me on the one I did was when I did all my research, I really enjoyed the end users of that business. The business owners? You know, the business owners that I was and the companies and the big companies that we were targeting to sell. So I didn't have any, I always tell people, I didn't have any preconceived notion what the widget was going to be. Okay. And franchises, I mean, I'm kind of preaching to the choir here, but They'll teach you 
how to, you know, the graphics, okay? And, and, and everything yeah. you need to know about that, you know, as long as it meets what you're looking for, they'll teach you that. And they're looking at you as a candidate, as mm -hmm. someone that fits their candidate profile. So in the case of us, the number one thing that, that made successful owners in our system, we were, you know, senior, former senior level executives, I like to call them recovering corporate refugees, you know, who would follow a plan, but enjoyed and, and were good at building long-term relationships with clients. That was really the, you know, over time, that's really what, what SpeedPro zeroed in on. And I think they still do. Well, but, and that's an important thing that you bring up is, you know, because Sarah and I say this all the time to our clients is the franchisors are not looking for specific industry experience. They're looking for skill sets, mm -hmm. right? And they're also not looking for the graphic artist that's going to be creating. They're looking for people that know how to run businesses. Yeah, and we hired graphic artists. Right. I mean, we, hi we hired those, those skills. I would have yes. people in my office Printers would be running and they'd be interested in buying a buying a franchise. And they would come in after we'd give them a tour of the place and they'd sit down and they'd go, now you're telling me you didn't know anything about printing when, you know, you started this or white, you know, yeah. graphics. And I said, well, I knew two things. I vaguely remember what I was taught in my junior high school print shop with one of those printers <laughs> that you put your hand in and out of. And then I would point to my little HP desktop behind me, you know, my desktop pruner. I said, I knew how to put the cartridge in that little <laughs> printer. But I said, believe it or not, I said, that's a transferable skill to the big printers yeah. we have running out there. That's wonderful. So another thing that you mentioned um, that was uh, positive to you about owning a business versus what your career was in corporate America was being able to stay put because your wife, mm -hmm. y'all were in Cincinnati, correct? Mm -hmm. And you decided that you really liked Cincinnati mm -hmm. and you were kind of over traveling, correct? Yeah, we had like nine corporate moves uh, in our life. You, you know, you've moved a lot when you use the same husband and wife truck driver with uh, with the same van lines five times in a row, oh my. and when and when you on the fifth one, the president is in town and wants to take you to lunch, but yeah, we moved quite a bit, and um, never really could put roots down. You know, you join a church and you really get to know people. We have a very long Christmas card list, but we said and that was another thing that kind of drove us. It's time for us to stay where somewhere, put roots down, and I got to tell you, owning that business really helped me do that. And I got a chance to meet and know people on a level I never had a chance to do before. Meet people, you know, uh, different types of people. I always said that, you know, uh, I much more, was much more interested in small business owners and developing relationships with them than the, my former corporate people. Yeah. Uh, they're more genuine. Uh, and that was a real nice positive thing because we... I owned the business and ran it there for 10 years and we stayed on for another two years after that, but we had already been there for a few years. So that was the longest we'd ever lived any place. And that was a really nice byproduct of, of what we did. I think that's what a lot of our clients are looking for too. They've been, you know, I go back to my corporate days and you're, you're at the office so much, you know, you leave when it's dark, you get home when it's dark and you don't even know your neighbors. And this really gives you an opportunity to be a part of your community and get involved and 
like you just said, meet a but meet so many people and know yeah. other businesses and really know what's happening in your community. <laughs> Funny story. When we lived outside of Detroit, my son's soccer coach found out that the house next to us was for sale. And he said, oh, we're, we're going to go look at it because we, we, we like to live next to you. And we go, wait a minute. You know, we, you know, don't buy it just because we're here. And they did. And three months later, we walked over and said, we're moving. We're moving. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. So what you shared about really enjoying assisting those small business owners was a great background for you to become a SCORE mentor. Yeah, that made me grade A prime B for for, for uh, SCORE. Yeah, so tell uh, us it, about SCORE. SCORE is uh, actually, you know, SCORE is a, um, affiliated with the SBA. We're a group of volunteers, all, you know, except for a couple of part-time administrators, um, we have out of the Fort Worth chapter about 60 volunteers. There's about 240 chapters across uh, the U.S. And we volunteer our time. And I like to, I always say to help people start, save, grow, buy, or sell a business. Um, and we have clients that maybe we talk to once. You know, and maybe they decide maybe they're not ready to do, to do this. But we've had clients in the system for years. Um, and now we are even moving on to develop some uh, av uh, advisory boards for some of the established businesses been in our system at their request. And we now even have a group that will help people look at buying or selling a business that can very quickly analyze what they're looking at or help them get set up and try and sell their business. So, uh, I mean, we keep, we keep very busy, but, you know, we always are trying to, frankly, trying to uh, encourage, you know, get more mentees but even more important more volunteers and people that want to volunteer for us can volunteer in numerous ways there's really four different ways they can be just a pure volunteer i haven't really figured out how how that works yet but or they can <laughs> <laughs> or they can be a mentor or like sarah like you they can be a workshop presenter mm -hmm. or they can be a subject matter expert you know, like attorneys and CPAs, and maybe they don't mentor, but maybe we have clients that we you know, we have a mentor with that at one point in the process, we bring in a co-mentor or mm -hmm. a subject matter expert to, to help them with a specific subject. Uh, so, I mean, that in a nutshell uh, is what we do. And that's what I love so much. You mentioned subject matter experts and in, in 60 volunteers in Fort Worth. There's also a SCORE Dallas mm -hmm. office that has a wide variety of um, volunteers. And there's such a wealth of knowledge among these mentors. It, they used to all be retired, but some are still employed now. And they come from various backgrounds. Um, and so when somebody contacts SCORE and says, I need help with X, you're able to pair them with a mentor with that background or experience. Mm -hmm. And then you also have co-mentoring, which I think, I guess you were kind of referencing there mm -hmm. with other experts in different areas. So that to me is just such a benefit to anybody really needing help either getting started or once they're in and they're stuck to, to kind of take <laughs> it to the next level. Yeah. You know, you say it's stuck and it's kind of, kind of funny because I think you've seen this when people have a business or, and particularly when they're starting with nothing, you know, they're starting mm -hmm. from scratch. They're not, you know, taking over an existing business, 
businesses grow like this. They grow and they plateau. It's when they plateau that we kind of come in and help them change a few things. Then they'll grow again, plateau. Maybe we get another call from these. That's the way my, I, my business grew, it plateaued. I added a new piece of equipment or made some changes, grew, plateaued, blew. I mean, that's kind of typical. Yeah, and a lot of people don't realize that cycle or those phases. So I guess that explains why you said you've had some that you've mentored for many, many years mm -hmm. because they they take your advice, they go in, things improve, they don't need you, mm -hmm. and then something else changes or and they call back. What have you? And then they call back. And they put the bat signal up, and we come running. You know, that's great. <laughs> It's great to be able to do that. So you know, what kind of qualities, you said you're you're also looking to build your your mentors, your group of mentors. Mm -hmm. What kind of experience or qualities, if somebody's listening to this, are you are you looking for? Well, I mean, we're looking for people with all kinds of experience. Like Sarah mentioned, I, I would say probably right now, when SCORE started out, it was almost all retired people right. kind of by design. And it's not that way anymore. I would say probably almost half of our volunteers are, are still working mm -hmm. you know they still have businesses um you know and now we're talking about the big pushes for what they call one score and that's and we do have an improved ability now to to reach out if we don't have particular expertise we can even reach out to other chapters and get that expertise and part of that is driven by the fact that you know couple of years ago when I started, like all your sessions were live. I mean, you went, they came to right. you and you met face yeah. to face. Well, pandemic has changed that paradigm. And now that we're doing more things on Zoom or and then eventually maybe a live one or whatever, uh, it's it's easier for us to reach out further locations away and get maybe some real specific expertise that we have. We have one of our um, uh, mentor has been with us for years and his he, his expertise is restaurants particularly food trucks i don't need to tell you how many people in the united states are interested in opening a food truck i can imagine and yeah. he has tons of clients and is very so, very busy he's working all over the country then yeah he'll get clients in? requests from across the country and, and it's easier for clients to reach out and look at databases uh across the country yeah and and then then and then we can you know they can come to us and, and or you know come to that specific uh, mentor regardless of where they're located. Well, and tell our listeners, give our listeners an idea of the types of workshops that are offered. At well, Stanford. you know, it's kind of across the board. I mean, there's some that you would predict, like how to write a business plan. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you know, somebody from QuickBooks comes in and explains to them how to navigate and get their company set up in QuickBooks. Um, you know, some of those things you would you would say are pretty obvious, you know, marketing, social media uh, subjects, those types of things. I put on a couple of workshops. One of the workshops I I wrote and put on is is I it's a transitioning. I forget the official name of it, but I used to call it, you know, from corporate to owner, working harder and loving it. Yeah. <laughs> and I put on another one about, you know, business networking, because yeah. in a B2B business, particularly you know, networking and business networking is critical to building your business. So, but, you know, we there, you know, international business development, you know, should you be a, uh, you know, a sole proprietor, an LLC, a C Corp, you know, those types of things. Do you offer any types of assessments if somebody's thinking about being a business owner? Do you have any type of assessments that you give someone that you know, uh, not we don't have the. I, I know what you're talking mm -hmm. about, and and we don't have those. 
but you know, it's you know when when you're talking to a mentor or you know a I'm talking to a client, um, and you guys can probably see it too. You can kind of tell just from the years of experience if they've got you know the entrepreneurial gene, <laughs> you know, or if 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 it's really in their DNA. Right. And okay. I always used to say because mm -hmm. particularly in franchises, uh, it, when people would call me and they were trying and their questions were trying to validate reasons not to do things, then they weren't a fit. But if their questions were all trying to check boxes off as, you know, this is why I should do it, then, you know, you're on the right target. And, uh, you know, we get a lot of clients, I say probably one of our biggest, my biggest frustrations, and I think most of my mentors would agree to me, is, is what, you know, we really have to manage their expectations. And a lot of clients will call us saying, you know, I got this business idea, but I need money, you know, and it's like, okay, back up, you know, or I want a grant, you know. Um, and I said, well, you know, whether you want a grant or you want a loan, here are all the things you need to do, business plan, you know, you're going to have to have good credit, you're going to have to put some money in it yourself. And so, and a lot of people don't necessarily want to hear that. That's not what oh, you want right. to hear. Yeah. You I'm know, sure it's you like, have to be the bearer of bad news. Yeah. We times. end up being the kind of the bad guy, you know, because, you know, they, you know, you pick up the paper, you watch TV and, oh, we got this, you know, business, this business grant available, all these people and this, these markets. And they think, oh, gee, there it is. Free money. Yeah, free money. And, that is available, but it doesn't change the requirements that you need to do and the preparation you need to do yeah. to get it. And that's where people like SCORE come in and we help people do that. So it's like slow down, you know, we can help you do that, but, you know, you're not ready to, you know, to apply tomorrow. So Right. There's a whole list of requirements that mm -hmm. make you eligible for these types of things. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And while you will give them guidance and direction on a business plan, you will not write the business plan. Absolutely for not. Them. No, absolutely not. Um, you know, we give them guidance, like you said, and suggestions and homework. Homework. And, and they have to be willing to do and, their homework. And some people, yeah, I mean, <laughs> here again, you know, some of those people, you give them homework, you never hear from them again. Right. Well, that's, you know, in a lot of ways, I mean, that's not a bad thing. They've just decided, you know what? I think I'll keep doing what I'm doing, <laughs> you know? Because it's hard. Owning yeah. a business It's is not hard. for everybody. No. It's you know? not. And but, if they can't, you know, we run into this a lot too. If they're unable to follow our process, they probably can't follow the franchisor's process. Right. If yeah. they're unable yeah. to take that very first step in getting their business off the ground, maybe being a business owner is right. not the best path and what's for them. the first rule when somebody buys a franchise? Follow is the follow rules. the franchisor's <laughs> yes. plan. Yes. Right. And I don't know how many people in our system, you know, they they would get started up and running and then one thing didn't work. So it's like, oh, I'm going to be, I got a better idea how this is yeah. going to work. I, I'm, you know, and all of a sudden they're not following the plan and that's usually a race to the bottom. You bought the franchise to yeah. get the plan. And, and I mean, that's, that's what, what you we, bought it for. We tell them all the time, if you're not planning to follow the plan, don't buy the franchise. No. Yeah. You're, you're the number one thing a franchise is looking for is someone to follow their system. And if you're not going to follow it, you're paying a pro you're paying you're paying money for that that recipe and that secret sauce. If you're not going to use that recipe or that secret sauce, don't yeah. pay for it. And obviously, right. and obviously, the number one the thing that, that I expected my franchisor to do was build and grow the brand and protect the brand. Yeah, 
you know, uh, and that's really the number one thing that franchisors need to be doing. You know, Very true. And not everybody is, you know, fit for franchising. Now, right. can you imagine Steve Jobs oh, following no. No, somebody no, no, no. franchisor's plan? I, I I don't see it. They, you know, and and or Elon Musk or those. Kind, no, I mean, those, those are, are pure entrepreneurs. entrepreneurs. Right. Yes. And there's people that really need to. <laughs> be independent. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, fran we know franchising is not a fit for everyone. Well, one thing I really want to do is congratulate you because Score Fort Worth is chapter of the year out of four districts. So oh. that's amazing. Yes. Congratulations uh, I mean, we're, for that. We're proud of that. It really goes on. You know, my predecessor, Bob Sifferman, you know, it was last fiscal year and it was under his tutelage and the former executive team's tutelage, but, you know, we, we hope to uh, collect a few more of those in the upcoming years. So well, you are very humble, but that was well-deserved. You guys work really hard. You have a group of fantastic mentors. And if somebody wanted to utilize your services, how would they find out about SCORE Fort Worth? Well, kind of like everybody else now, it's, you know, the best place to go is to our website, which is, you know, fortworth.score.org. And if you, you know, click on looking for a mentor and you can start the process there, uh, eventually you could possibly call our intake coordinator uh, in our Fort Worth office, Joni Garza, and then she could even help them with that process and help them, uh, if need be, try to find the right mentor. But you can do 99.9% .9 of that all online. So, right. Yeah. Well, and and then, as we mentioned, there's a Dallas score as well. There's also score offices in Oklahoma. So you can just do a Google search yes. and find the locations that are closest to you. So, Dave, thank you so much for oh, joining Oh, thanks for us. the opportunity. My pleasure. We appreciate you taking time out of your busy day. For our listeners that are tuning in, please continue to follow, follow Sarah and I on LinkedIn. You can find us there under Sarah Wasco, W-A-S-K-O-W, and Roxanne Rapsky, R-A-P-S-K-E. You can find us wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can also find us on our YouTube channel at Dallas of Fort Worth in Oklahoma. Brandnet of Dallas, Fort Worth in Oklahoma. Thank you. Bye-bye.